All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked on Avalanche. It is trade season, so Kyle and I will be diving into who could be coming to the Colorado Avalanche, who could be leaving the Colorado Avalanche, and will the Avalanche be really all that active this trade season? A lot to get to today. New episode of Locked on Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. You can follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, and opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com and follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Uh, we will get into the Minnesota Wild game, which happened a couple of days ago and uh, we did not record following that game so we will get into that as well as what's coming up for the weekend another back-to-back uh this is back-to-back set number two out of three so we'll get to that over the weekend but uh we're going to start with trades and it is kind of like you're seeing it kind of sweep the the social media world right now we're in it we're in the midst of trade season i think over the next you know couple weeks you're going to start seeing trades right up until that trade deadline where a lot of stuff happens so we'll get into it, and we're going to start with who could be coming to the Colorado or the names that they're attached to, right? And every year there's always players that that the Avalanche seem to be attached to, and this year is, is no difference. What are you thinking the Avalanche are going to be this year in terms of just active? I think every year we think they're going to be active. Do you think they're going to be especially active or they take a little bit step back this year? What do you think? You know, I thought – with everything that's going on with the Avalanche, money-wise, with the roster construction, I thought it was going to be more of a uh, depth move type of approach to the deadline. Mm-hmm. But then when EJ went out with a broken foot, I I honestly don't know what the Avs can do right now when it comes to what they're going to offer up and what they can get back. I'm expecting it to be relatively quiet. I know we like to latch on to all the big names out there and quantify it because they want to take one last run and win a cup with the Avalanche. The Avalanche are having a hard time trying to defend the cup right now. So, (laughs) but I I feel like it's going to be a little quiet. You know what I mean? Like, and I hope I'm wrong here, right? I definitely hope I'm wrong. But, uh, and like I said in the beginning, like the Avalanche has always seemed to be attached to the the bigger names, a couple big names out there. This year is no different. Uh, but I just get a vibe with, like you said, with salary cap constraints, not knowing where the cap's going next year. The Avalanche typically not a rental team. They don't like doing that. Uh, and kind of, you know, kind of kind of strapped right now with what they can give up. We'll get into that in the next segment. I, I'm settling in for a v- and this is maybe like not popular uh, feeling right now. I am kind of preparing for a quiet avalanche trade deadline. Will they make a move? Sure. I, we already got one with the Matt Nieto thing. I think mm-hmm. you're going to see something similar to that. 
I just don't see them bringing in. We'll talk. We'll get to a couple of names here in a second, but I'm just preparing for a a, a really calm trade deadline for the Avs. It's just kind of a gut feeling right now. And you know, I think the loudest the Avalanche will possibly get when it comes to acquiring something in the trade, I think the loudest name they'll possibly get will be a goalie. With Pablo Francois being out for an extended period of time. Well, I thought he's back already. I heard they I heard it was him, a couple know, weeks. I didn't hear that at all. I didn't hear that. I, I don't know. I mean, but because they sent um Jonas Johansson back down, I know that could be a cap move, but um i didn't I, i'll have to double check on that but it, um but even if if he returns or not again mm-hmm. you have to look at that pavel Francois. all the talk we've given him he still can't put together a full season yeah. it, it's still the lower body you i feel like the avalanche if they're going to make a move they need to address the goalie like if if frankie's back know, for this weekend stretch that's yeah. great, but if he goes out again, what do you do? Because we, the trade deadline is March third, so this is where you start really scheming. Look yeah. at everybody in the division. Look at everybody in the other divisions. What, who's buying, who's selling, and what moves can be made, and where do you go? You might could go know. get a goalie. You well, might, and like when it comes to forward pieces, which we'll get to in the next segment, like mm-hmm. forward and defense, you don't have a lot to offer there. And you have more right. future when it comes to goalie prospects. So I don't, I, I think as far as a goalie goes, I think there'll be, if Francois for whatever reason is not for an extended amount of time, I think they'll be fine putting Johansson up there and just get to the playoffs because that's when your, your ace is you know, in there and in and out anyway. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I can't, anything is possible, but I don't see them going after a depth goalie. Um, and, and, and some, you know, looking down the road a little bit i think they might be looking at it as like in kind of a roundabout way we're getting a trade piece back in gabe landiscock it's true you know what i mean like he hasn't played all season so hey here's a new addition to the team technically uh the new addition has been with us for almost a decade now so it's kind of a weird way to kind of look at it and i kind of just get the vibe that they're thinking to themselves if we, if you keep saying it all year, like if we can get healthy and a hundred percent healthy, this is a brand new team. Yeah. So why should we, why are we going to go make all these moves to bring in these pieces when we haven't had a full team to play with anyway? I, I still think they will. Cause I think they're going to be, be buyers, but at a very low level, I, I just, it's, it's for multiple reasons. It's like I said, it's cap. You don't have a lot of uh, capital to really trade out. And I think there's other teams out there that can beat you in terms of what the receiving team would want. Now, having said that, there are, of course, names that are attached to the Avalanche this year. And I would say the top three names that you are hearing are Ryan O'Reilly, Jonathan Taves, and Sean Monaghan. And I think any one of those three would probably be welcome to the Avs. Um Monahan is a little bit iffy because he's still injured. So I, I, for that simple fact, I think the Avalanche move away from that. I think the Avalanche want to get away from as much of, uh, you know, the the injury optics as anybody else, and to bring in a guy who's been injured all year, most of the year. Um, I don't see that happening. Taves, 
I'm not completely sold. He even wants to be traded and he holds all those cards. Could they do it? Sure. So, but I think I would, I, if they're going after a guy kind of full bore the, uh, of the, of the names, I think you're looking at Ryan O'Reilly and I think he would be welcomed back with open arms by this fan base. Mm. I don't know about that. I, I, I still feel like there's a contingent, part of the fan base that is still upset with Ryan O'Reilly and how all that went down and how he left. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned injuries. Ryan O'Reilly just became uninjured. Right. Jonathan Taze is on the IR currently. And Monahan, right. Yeah. Monahan is injured. So right. <laughs> if you're <laughs> the avalanche are looking for somebody who will make uh, look really good in the avalanche sweater, why not go more injured players? Yeah, it is a little bit weird. But... Um, I mean, if you had to make sense out of the three, Ryan O'Reilly, because he can actually lace them up and play for maybe a game, but that still just feels weird. And then you're introducing him back to Nathan McKinnon and then Landeskog when he comes back. How does that go over? They're fine. They've grown. They're mature. They know it's a business. They can get over it. Ryan O'Reilly helps you uh, immensely in a number of areas and one immediately. And it's the one that we talk about all of the time when we do uh, post-game episodes, and that is at the face-off dot. He is one of the best in the league at that, and you need it. You need it. I know some people say it's not as important. As bad as the Avalanche are, it would improve overnight there. Holding on to third-period leads when you're leading 3-2 against Minnesota, that face-off at the end with a pulled goalie, that's when it counts. Yeah. Um, you're here and not so much, but James Van Riemsdyk is kind of a name that gets thrown out a little bit. Max Domi does Boone Jenner. Does. I think Jenner is, is kind of a pipe dream. If you ask me, I would love to have him, but I think that might be a little bit too rich for the avalanche. Um, and I, Adam Henrique is another one. Now that one, That's I somebody. would, yeah, I would, I would buy that. I would go after that, that entire list. I would definitely, definitely go after that. So, um, but then it becomes, who do you send out to make that appealing? Funny you should say that, hmm. Mr. Kyle Sullivan, because that is uh, what we will be getting to. Let's hear from Built Bar, and then we will discuss that. Who can the Avalanche give up to get anybody right now? And it kind of makes you go, hmm. So, but first. Built Bar, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you have got to try Built Bar. Obviously, we are in uh, February, and we've got through the new year. We've got through the Super Bowl, where people usually don't eat all that healthy. And maybe now is the time to reignite that New Year's resolution of eating healthier, and you can incorporate Built Bar into that resolution. It's actually a deliciously, fantastically healthy nutritional bar that tastes more like a candy bar because it's covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Kyle, 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Most have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to go to built.com to order, although you can if you want to. But if you just need these things immediately, you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and they are there at your fingertips. 
So head on over to that 24-hour Walmart right now, and you can pick up the box. It's a four-bar box of uh, excuse me, cookies and cream or double chocolate and coconut puff. That's available right now in your Sam's or Walmart, your Sam's Club or your local Walmart. And of course, like we said, definitely go to built.com because they always have something fresh, new, and exciting to get you on your healthy journey. All right. So a couple of names that we just threw out there to bring in. I'm definitely in on Ryan O'Reilly. And uh, I think we're both good with uh, Adam Henrique if they can pull that one off. The other ones are, it, it's, it's, it's not like it was last year. I don't feel yeah. the names are not as like, they don't grab you. There's good names. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like, you know, I think you mentioned Claude Giroux last year was the big, the big guy and they were in on him mm-hmm. and they were going after it last year. This year, it's a little bit different for a number of reasons. Like we said, one of them is what do you have to give up? You know, I don't know if the avalanche have kind of those, those bigger prospects that a team is just chomping at the bit to, to bring in and would give up kind of one of their, their marquee names and let them go. So, and, and you look at the, the draft capital for the avalanche and, you know, with a lot of moves that they've been making over the past couple of years, they're getting, you know, they have the first rounder, which is, you always want that. And they held on to it last year, which was amazing to me that with, you know, the moves that they made, they did not have to give up this year's first round draft. They do not have a second, third or fourth rounder in this year's draft. They do not have a second, third or fifth rounder in next year's draft. And then in 2025, they have everything. So you're a little bit light in the next two years for depth draft picks, but you still have those first round draft picks. And if the Avalanche have shown us anything, it's like they don't like to part with that. They That's will. What I was about to say, they will. They did to get um, uh, Kemper. Yeah. They, they gave up a first round to get Kemper, but and, and they kind of had to. Their back was against the wall. They needed to bring somebody in, and and they had to give up a first round pick. I get it. Um, I don't know. What do you, what, as far as what they're giving up, what are you thinking? Let's, let's address this right now because as I heard you listing off, like we don't have picks two through four in the draft and a team that is vocal on saying we don't like giving up the first round pick. So let's just pretend like we don't have anything when it comes to the draft to give up. Um, let's not send out Sam Gerard. Let's just stop that right now. I know everybody's typing like that's the first piece we need to get rid of. No, hmm. because who's filling that void? You you got to Let's not let's not start there. But right. it's not like you're going to trade a roster player or roster players plural. You have to go one so. for one. Uh, well, it would depend. I don't, yeah, I mean, if you were going to give up a roster player, um. God, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who who's there to really facilitate a trade that would be man. I don't. Again, I, I keep going back to JT Comfort, and that's not somebody that they would yeah. trade. Yeah. It's, so again, like okay, so a team would say like we'll we'll give you this, but we want like Comfort, depending on who that player is. Let's say it's Ryan O'Reilly. Say, say the Blues came in and said, like, hey, we'll give you Ryan O'Reilly, but it's, it's somewhere in this package we want JT Confer back. Do you do that? With Confer being an unrestricted free agent, he's having a very good year. Is he, in a sense, pricing himself out of Colorado? 
I don't know. I don't know. Like that, that that's a very difficult question to answer right now because you would you would think going heading into this year, the answer to that would be no. He's not pricing himself out of Colorado. And now he's having a good season. He's not having this incredible season. But him, and that's the other part of this. How much do the Avalanche want to give up in their their prospect pool knowing they have a lot of unrestricted free agents to sign next year that they're not going to be able to so this whole thing with with Alex Newhook needing to take a bigger role that might happen with two or three other guys that haven't even proven themselves yet because the average might not have any choice because they're not going to be able to sign all of these unrestricted free agents Evan Rodriguez being another one Ah, uh, your mic's off. So go ahead, fix that. I don't know what's going on with your microphone, but jostle some wires or something like that. But I'll get back to my point. Like that, I think the Avalanche have a lot of of thinking to do. They don't like to rent. They don't like to rent players. But might they have to this year to get through? Like to, to really go at it because you know you're going to lose some guys, and and you lose guys every off season. You know what I mean? So, but but. It's, it's taking on a different meaning this year because you don't want to give up those prospects because you might need them next year. Oscar Olauskin is one of them. Uh, ben Myers is another one of them. Yeah. So this and, is going to be a tough game to navigate. And, and you mentioned, like, it's not that incredible of a year for names when it comes to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. You you don't want to give out one of those prospects. Like, the ghost of Connor Timmons still haunts us. He still shows up in highlights and you're like, oh, it, that would have been yeah. nice right about now. It, it, you you don't want to. But you won the cup, out. though. Yeah, <laughs> you won the cup. You won the cup, <laughs> but in times like these, currently, like Timmons wouldn't have been on the squad last year or this year. But mm-hmm. with the injuries, he would have made a nice. He would have his play sure. would have been nice during the really hurt and injured times of the season. Sure. So. You don't want to face this again next year. And then another thing, how broken does management see this team? Like, do they, because everything you hear out of management, Bednar, it's always the health, the injuries, we just got to navigate. Do you really feel like they're just continually optimistically hoping for this team to get 100% and then in their mind, everything's going to be fine because I don't think they're really feeling like you have that. If we could put a piece here or here, we're going to be fine. We still haven't seen what a hundred percent of this team looks like to figure that out yet. I think that's what they're thinking. Yeah, I do. I really feel like they are looking at this as why should we make a bunch of, if we're confident at some point we can have a hundred percent healthy team. Why are we going to go out and make all, all these moves? Because, like I said, like it, you feel like you're you're getting a trade piece back with, uh, with with uh, Gabe Landeskog. You probably just felt that way with Josh Manson. You know, you felt that way a couple times with with, with Val Nichuskin. So I do. I, I I think they're looking at it at a different way. And I'm like I said in the beginning, I'm just preparing for a very quiet Avalanche trade deadline. They'll do a depth piece, but I don't think they're gonna make make a splash move. Because we still have no idea what this Avalanche team looks like. Right. And last year, we had such a better idea on what the Avalanche looked like where it made sense and justifiable in the long term to go get a Josh Manson, a Arturi Lekin, and, and a Nico Sturm at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, their contributions, when they came in, like, their names did not jump off the page. 
But when you saw what they brought to the team, you're like, oh, that is a deficiency we had because we had this stretch of yeah. games. We still haven't put together a stretch where we know what this team's identity is because they could lose 5 nothing to the Lightning. They could take it to a shootout. You have no idea what this yeah. team could do. And I think they just want to play that out. Play it out and see what happens. So if, if you had to ask me, I think uh, – I'm not going to say the first – I think the first-round pick is not like untouchable. Mm-hmm. I think if it's for the right deal, I think they would part with that. But maybe next year's, maybe next year, and, and hang on to this year's because this, this, from everything I'm hearing, I haven't do- dove into the draft class. It's a very deep class. Um, and I don't know what next year's is like. So maybe they try to facilitate it where it's like, we'll give you next year's instead of this year's. Maybe that's a thing. I don't think that's completely off the table. But as far as players go, uh, for for prospects, you know, you might see someone like Sampo Ranta go. Maybe Oscar Olauson. I referenced him a little while ago. Maybe him, because you haven't seen a lot of him at the pro level yet. But I think guys like Ben Myers. I think he's. I think he's off the table. I think he's. They they like what he where he started, um, and I think he's going to hang around. Um, I think Foodie. I don't think they're going to entertain anything with him. Um, maybe Alex Bukaj, maybe Shane Bowers. Maybe this is where we see the, like we we uh, finally see the end of, you know, the Shane Bowers experiment with the oh. Avalanche. Just just like you did with Martin Kaut. Maybe it's that. I don't, I don't know. But those are the names that you're going to see. And what are you going to get in return for those guys? Yeah, nothing major, in my opinion. So. That's where we stand. We will definitely be having more talk uh, with the trade deadline because uh, it's going to kind of dominate the the news cycle for the next couple weeks until it comes and goes. So anything that happens or anything we hear, we will definitely be talking about it uh, over the next couple weeks. What we will get to now is looking forward to the weekend as well as kind of uh, bringing up that Minnesota Wild game, which we didn't get a chance to talk to, uh, talk about, I should say. But, um, you know, the Avalanche, like I said in the beginning, with a, another back-to-back Series number two of back-to-backs. Uh, this one takes place Saturday and Sunday, both afternoon games. They are. So, you know, you're in St. Louis, and then you are home against Edmonton on Sunday. The St. Louis game is a noon mountain time, and the Sunday Oiler game is a 1 p.m. mountain time. So what do you think? Uh, you know, you're, you're going in another back-to-back. You looked good in that Minnesota game. That was that was a, a hard fought game again. Minnesota kind of cut the lead, and it was one of those where where, where are you going to go, Colorado Avalanche? And you know they they did they shut the door again. So this time it not a lot of shots on goal for them. <laughs> it's kind of reversed. You know we we were used to forty plus for a couple games. They didn't even hit twenty in this one. Sometimes you see that in a back to back. It's a little the legs are a little bit heavy. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, they registered nine shots in the first period, and they had like a lead, and it felt weird. The rivalry, like the shot totals, they were very out of whack. But mm. the momentum was on the Avalanche side, and again, to see the depth scoring step up from Cogliano and Morgan, that's exactly what you need in these situations, and you hope that they could carry that into St. Louis. Because again, that's another rivalry. I mean, depending on who you ask, that might that rivalry might be a little bit higher than the Minnesota rivalry right now. That St. Louis, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad blood between the two oh, teams. Sure. 
Yeah. So if uh, we could I, get that same depth scoring and take out Bennington real early, like th- that's exactly the kind of momentum you need to carry you into Edmonton because mm-hmm. that's how you handle these back-to-backs is momentum management. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you, you a golfer or no? Oh yeah. Yeah. I like, you know, when you have that round of golf that you're, you're just not on your game, you're playing well. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you don't get the yips or anything like that. You're not slicing and dicing everything, but you're playing well, but it's just a battle. Yeah. And it's just every, every, every shot, every stroke is just like, it's not your perfect shot, but it's, it's good enough. And you just keep, you keep fighting, you keep battling. Yeah. That's what the Avalanche were doing against Minnesota. Yes. They weren't getting a shot, a ton of shots on net. Uh, Minnesota was, but they were, they were throwing their weight around. Josh Manson, welcome back. Oh yeah. First, first shift. I don't know who it was, but uh, he 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 laid him out flat, and he had a couple good hits. And there was one towards the end of the game, took a guy right off his feet, <laughs> clean hit too, clean hit. So he he's back. So that you see stuff like that, and like oh man, that that's a jolt. And maybe going back to what we've been talking about this entire episode, maybe that's what the the Avalanche brass is looking at. Like when we get guys back, that's when you make trades, you do it for a number of reasons. It's to kind of, you know, you got to bring in new blood, guys that will help your team, and it gives your team a shot. Josh Manson did that. I mean, when I say shot, I mean like a jolt, like a bolt of lightning. Manson did that in yeah. that Minnesota game. He was great. You could tell he was just ecstatic to be back on the ice. Yeah, you. I, I love that. That's a great point, like how the management is seeing these pieces come back because, like, Manson, and, I mean, it was instantaneous, his impact when he came mm. back. Because the trade deadline is not meant, it's not a fantasy draft to make your Stanley Cup winning roster. It's supplemental to the roster you already have. And Mm -hmm. when you have pieces like Manson make an impact, well, granted, he hasn't played for about two months. So, of course, he's going to look a little fresher than everybody else out there. But he definitely made an impact. And you want to see him build on this. And then maybe he could be an anchor back there on the defense that's been lacking for a little while in the absence of Kale McCarr. Yeah. Got a little feisty in the game. You had uh, Bo Byram and Matt Boldy go at it, and you do not want to see Bo Byram throwing nucks uh, no. in in any game. You don't you don't want to see the other guy throwing them at Byram is really what you don't want to see. So um, I, tell Bo Byram that though. Yeah, he just seems like he has that. You know, when you, when you annoy him. He's not gonna. He's not gonna back down. He has that youthful uh, like arrogance about him, where it's like you're not. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been in this league. I'm not gonna back down from you. I'm not saying Matt Boldy's that much older than him, but I would have um, liked to see somebody take up or take that fight from Bo, like skate in there and be like, "Hey, right. I got this for you, man." Right. It just yeah. kind of give him that look, like, "Hey, I got this for you." Step back. Because because he. And there, there was another time. Who out there? There was another fight. Um, who was the other fight? Man, oh my God, I, I'm blanking on it right now. Apologize. Um, no, I, I, I know there was just a lot of, you know, it's, face washing stuff going on. It's Jordan but. Greenway in the Minnesota Wild. It happens all the time. <laughs> if it's a day that ends yeah. with Y, and those two teams face off against each other. They play through the whistles. But you had another game where you got depth scoring, like you yes. said. You know, you had the Cogliano goal. He's good at going uh, on the opposite end of the uh, uh, of the net, opposite of what side of the ice he's skating on. 
Uh, he did that a couple games ago too, where he was uh, coming on the right side and shot it in the left side of the net. This one was on the right side, shot on the left side of it. Like he he has a a rifle when he wants to unleash that thing. And, so. and Cogliano is so clutch. He you he's so you he's he doesn't command a presence when he gets mm-hmm. out there, but when he's out there, he just is just a motor. Yeah. He's always contributing. And you had Dennis Mulligan with another goal. So, I mean, hey, if he's on a roll, you better watch out, NHL, because Dennis Mulligan's coming after you. And again, seeing five nice minutes shot. and 37 seconds of ice time. <laughs> and he's making the most of it. It's that's what you want to see. Yep. So it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, if you're an Avalanche fan, two games in two days yet again. So uh, that's where we will wrap it up here. But definitely comment away uh, what you feel. I know a lot of people have opinions on the, the trade season, what the Avalanche should do. Uh, it's going to be easier said than done to make a lot of these moves. So uh, that's why McFarland and Sackett get paid the money. And uh, we get paid just to uh, sit here and talk about it what they do (laughs) so um that's going to wrap it up for today and this weekend enjoy the games over the weekend uh, and we will be back on monday to discuss all of it so until then thank you for making this your first listen of the day that is always appreciated he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli and this is the locked on avalanche podcast we'll see you guys on monday go abs go